0: Utilization as is being is a, is a KPI, and it's being it's being driven. Right, the thing with driving utilization is, and honestly, I just I just learned this a few years ago, is that there is a direct, inverse, exponential correlation between utilization. You Higher your utilization, the longer your queue times are going to be in any department.
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Our CEO has a tough job. Not many ever get there. Some can't handle the stress and the others just don't understand what is required to get there. And the ones who get there might not survive for very long unless they figure out how to track the right KPIs to maintain the health of the organization, to maintain the sustainability goals, to meet sales and profit targets, to meet shareholder and board expectations, to meet stock price goals. So which are the KPIs that are most critical for a CEO and what do they need to do to align their systems and processes to meet them? In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn, who brings significant expertise to discuss the top KPIs for CEOs. We discussed the best KPIs that CEO should be measuring and how to balance the macro versus micro view. Finally, we discussed the KPIs that are meaningless, but some CEOs might track leading to employee frustrations, and wasted operational efficiencies. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our digital transformation series for which we meet every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, this is our first show for this year uh, of this series. And uh, we are going to be starting a very interesting series about KPIs. And we are going to discuss the KPIs related to pretty much every single role as well as the industry that you probably have experienced. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that as long as we have our internet and technology with us, uh, which has been fun today. (laughs) So before we start with today's session, we are going to start with everybody's intros. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta, Principal at Alibate.com iq elevate iq is the independent erp and digital transformation consulting firm on that note i am going to move to chris and chris i don't know if you are seeing the delay at your end as well it looks a little funnier so you know when i'm looking at myself i'm losing track so I'll just give you a hint there. But yeah, please start with you.
3: Hi, Chris Giardini, owner and president of Turnkey Technologies. We're a 29-year-old Microsoft partner organization deploying Microsoft Dynamics. So great topic, key performance indicators in case you don't know what a KPI is. Okay, so we'll start there by giving you a definition. Thanks
2: so much for breaking that down, Chris. Really appreciate that. <laughs> On that note, I am going to move to Rajesh for his intro. And Rajesh Rose, I don't know if he's still with us. Uh, is he? This is going to be fun today. Um, Okay, uh, how about we move to Mark? Mark uh, is moving. Mark, do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Sure, good afternoon. Uh, My name is Mark Lilly, uh, President and CEO of LillyWorks. We help manufacturers improve their uh, production performance. So very excited. There are a number of very important KPIs um, manufacturing companies look at in regards to that. and I'm very excited to talk about the... uh, what, what I might perceive as some of the positive ones and, and some of the negative.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for joining Mark. Mike, can I ask you to introduce yourself next?
4: Sure, Sam. I'm Mike Shruganov, and I'm a manufacturing consultant for a property and casualty insurance carrier that covers about 7,500 manufacturing companies in the United States. And in that role, I'm a lot of times get called into the into a company and help them identify what isn't going well on one of the questions we have. And Chris explained it very well. What do you measure? How do you measure it? Before, if you can't measure it or I haven't measured, you can't improve
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for uh, joining Mike. And Paul, uh, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Seems like the technology is working for you now when it is not working for anybody else, I guess. <laughs> Over to you, Paul. <laughs> you are on mute, Paul. Let's try that.
5: Yeah, yeah, okay. good, good, go. Technology is great when it works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nut that holds the wheel on that problem. Okay. So uh, we're implementation-driven consultants that help companies develop immediate, enthusiastic buy-in to change across the company in one day, and then use the particip- participation and contribution to achieve transformational improvements in productivity and support for growth.
2: Love the page. Thank you so much, Paul. Really appreciate it. Rajesh, uh, do we have you with us now? Can you introduce yourself next? Um, he's probably still froze. I don't know what's going on. Today is a crazy day. Maybe StreamYard is not paying their cloud bills. <laughs> they shouldn't be paying that. You know, the economy is not as great. So technology companies are not doing as great, I guess. Okay, we'll wait for Rajesh and then we'll move to the topic. Okay. If you are in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. If you run out of time, then we'll make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, in the audience, I'm going to throw one question. I am looking for your personal KPI, the favorite one that you track for yourself. If you could comment that in the chat box, I'll really appreciate that. On that note, I am going to move to Chris for any of the top KPIs. And uh, Chris, I mean, uh, you might want to limit yourself to just three because then other people cannot talk about anything else.
3: (laughs) I'm going to talk about everything so there's nothing to talk about. I I don't think that's the case. And I think just, thanks, Sam. But as an intro, (laughs) you know, you think about favorite KPIs. It's like perspectives. What do you do? What's your job? You know, my favorite, your favorite, two different favorites, depending on roles, but an industry from that point. But I think is at a macro level, KPIs, financial, operational, system performance everybody's like why do i need system performance kpis we've got to make sure that machines running, right we're not just looking at how fast the car is going but what's going on so if you think about you know a vehicle being a great example but in the world of a uh, vrp and i think as an owner and i've run a company for 29 years and i'm like okay what's the most important kpi to me you know and and, and you know the ones that jump to mind is, is i always i was utilization utilization has always been one of mine because i'm a professional services business yeah however utilization alone is not is not enough. It could be misleading and I think as you look at, you know, the financials behind utilization, you need more. And I think even as, you know, my background, I'm technical, comp sci, math, so I'm really into numbers. But backlog is another interesting one. It like, well, what does that mean? Well, how much how much backlog do I have? What's my what's my undelivered work? If you think about, you know, signed contracts, unfulfilled contracts, that's a backlog. Meaning, you know, and, and again in the professional services world, you say, "Oh, I've got one day of backlog." Well, that's a problem. Again, a month six months, six months might be too much, right? Customer service is a problem. So if you think about backlog, but backlog is an important indicator because, you know, again, for me, it's gauging, well, how well is sales effectiveness? And again, are the are the delivery and the implementation teams going to stay busy? Are they going to run out of work? So as you think about what are those indicators that help you plan? or and, and the other one is pipeline. So we talk about backlog, which is book business. Now I'm looking at pipeline, which is, okay, what's What's heading towards the backlog, right? And, and utilization is talking about how are we delivering? So there's really three big areas, right? What's coming in, what's in, not started, what's started and it's running. But, you know, and those aren't enough. And I mean, I think that, you know, and those are some of those are operational, some of those, you know, it sounds like sales, it sounds like project yeah. performance. Um, but if you're a finance guy, you know, there, there's a lot of different, and I'm, I've i never worn the hat where I look at my, what's your debt to equity ratio? I don't look at that on a daily basis. It's an interesting one. What's your return on capital? Well, that's another one that I don't worry about on a daily basis. Cash flow is an interesting one. And and, and normally, as you look at, you know, what is what is the metric? Is it a cash flow statement? And I think so. As you, you think about what does that mean looking at cash flow? Well, people are trying to predict, and we go back to what I said. Backlog utilization. Again, if we're going to the, the sub ledgers and cash flow, we're looking at receivable. What are my average days to pay? Meaning, you know, if I have net 30 terms, are people paying me 30? Are they paying me 60? Are they paying me 90? And so, you know, predictability, you know, and then there's, as you, you add a few more that all relate to cash. Okay. So cash is that other big thing that drives the organizations. And most people are still booking business on an accrual basis. And I'm going to tell you what. It could be funny money. So, if you're an owner and you want to really get empirical statistics, which they're not going to move because accrual accounting, hey, I made a journal entry. Look, we have more revenue, more profit. It doesn't mean anything. But if you look at cash, and if cash is that underlying theme in a business, and, and you may be accrual based, but how do you get cash based performance? So, a lot of people don't look at a balance sheet on a rolling 12 month. You know, but it's like, well, why would I look at it like that? Well, again, you're looking at and again, we're going graphical. So if we think about even taking a step back in analytics and KPIs, is are you reading numbers or are you looking at graphs and charts that have green, yellow, and red, right? Red is action. So again, you know, I'm, I'm moving from logically in my world, right? Services, operational metrics, but I came back to cash because cash is still going to tell you, well, what's really going on in the business? Meaning- you know, and if we look at that rolling 12, is is cash dropping? Is receivables climbing? Okay, those are those are inverse curves. And I made an example to somebody the other day that if you looked at a rolling 12 and you saw cash and AR going down at the same time, but sales looks okay, there's a problem with your accounting. Because, right, it's okay if cash goes down and AR goes up, right? But if cash and AR are going down and sales looks okay, well, there's a problem with sales. Because sales booking to AR, we should see, right, inverses. Now, we don't want AR to go up and cash to go down, right? But that's still an indicator that, hey, is, is my day's sales outstanding, growing? And you, and you wonder which one gets the CEO's attention. As we talk about graphical, right, what's impactful? Is cash? Is it looking at what's happening here? Um, or again, is it this backlog where, hey, I, I don't have enough backlog, and how quickly can sales close deals to, to replenish a backlog because the concerns are, right, what happens? It's cash flow. We're going to have sales are going to drop, why is cash going to drop? Because I'm still paying my people. Ooh. And, and again, there's a lot of complex KPIs that can come together. That, you know, you're listening to what's the, what's the most important one? Well, Sam says pick three. I'm like, okay, well, you heard the first three, but once you get the first three, you still got to come back and validate by looking at cash. And I think the cash is, I mean, I could talk more about cash, but I think you've heard my top three. Yeah, so very- New For others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think
2: this is, a, this is going to be a very passionate topic in general when we talk about KPIs. I think there is just so much to talk about. And we are going to get very fresh insights from everybody that I think we personally didn't have that. So okay, probably it's going to be a good learning for us as well. And I believe everybody is either the CEO in the room as well or have been the CEO, so that's a good thing, right? All CEOs talking, I guess. Um, So, Chris, in your commentary, there are a lot of different layers, and obviously, there are going to be some CEOs that are really good at that macro, and some CEOs are not so good. I mean, they want to get into everything sometimes that's a good thing sometimes okay so here and by the way one more comment related to what you described that you know what back to equity and return on capital you don't look on a daily basis we were talking the whole year last year that everybody should care for accounting and
3: now we don't care for financial kpis yeah.
2: uh, I don't care about them
3: <laughs> different, you know, but, you know, on a daily basis, and I think it comes back to that, is what's your operational KPI, and I think one of the things I need to emphasize is real-time data. I can't be looking at this stuff 45 days old. I can't. I need to see it now. I need to see it within, I need to look at last week, or I need to look at next month what's coming up and i think that that's that's the reality check there and again the, the debt to equity and stuff like that okay are those periodic kpis that you're, is somebody is somebody using that if you're trying to borrow money and things like that but if you look at health of the business what are those things that really define are you doing good you know what what is that thing that you may not be paying attention to that hey how did i go from a million inventory to five million and well if you're watching cash you're going to figure out that it's going somewhere. Okay, so there's the example where we started with cash. Cash is going to trigger a go-look at a second API. I think to your point, a lot of CEOs ask somebody to bring them data. These days, it's a lot more connected. CEOs do have connections to dashboards, and they learn how to interact, change dimensions, pivot, change date ranges, the comparisons last year, this year. You know, a great example is a prior year comparisons. A lot of people look at current year but don't look at prior year. Well, what would that do? It might flag something that you're overlooking. But again, the accounting savvy and, again, but by business, by industry, we, we all are going to agree. There's different operations.
2: Go, go ahead, Paul. Do you have a comment?
5: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say you. you in, it, especially in this current environment, you need to. You need to understand. Uh, we, we're in. We're in a. There's one set of things that you can look at if you're looking at a steady state business. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're. You know. We're. We're moving along. Things are going along. We can. We can. We can do all sorts. Of KPIs and metrics, but when the business isn't stable, you really change the things that the CEO needs to be monitoring. For example, live live example: company having a lot of difficulty delivering product happens a lot these days because vendors aren't delivering supplies. Uh, in 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 one case, live case uh, the. Uh, the company's market position was we are going to be the leaders in rapid product development. That's what's going to drive our business. That's the differentiator. Well, when we, when we looked at what, they're, what they were doing in their R&D and product development environment, they, there were bypasses in the system where sales would call in and say, I got this customer. They're hot on this product. They'll, they'll buy tank, especially chemical business by tankfuls of this stuff and we need it now well it's never valid when you looked into it it was never validated against capability wasn't validated there there was no mechanism coordinating being uh r d and supply and production so even if they got something through that system they could never deliver it on time so the customer says oh you can't deliver that on time after all this you know we're on we're on to something else what what that forces is the ceo in that real dynamic situation needs to be looking beyond steady states and looking actually a level down to see what's really happening and in in that case when we took that look down they had several hundred product project for a staff of eight people in r&d it was just completely on un- untenable and what we had to do was and and the ceo had to drive this and had to pay attention had to look at what are what are we actually had to set up a a a set of criteria that says this is what it takes here's here's a dozen of the criteria that we have uh for a project to even be kicked off so uh you know can can we do this uh can we scale this up out of r&d can we uh, is does this take advantage of technology we have or do we have to develop something? we put together a whole uh essentially uh, gate there to say how do you get this project started and it was absolutely critical uh to them getting the new business in okay they were, when we started they were at fifty percent on time delivery so there's a there's a metric for uh and and certainly they needed to follow that but if you looked at where the business was headed that was a critical piece so i would i would say there's lots of things you could look at steady state but in today's climate you really need to think one level down in terms of what are those drivers and how how are they in fact working what are you, what are you doing in design if, if you're short on pro, on product for vendors what are you doing in design to change the design so you can use alternative materials or in, uh, in purchasing that you could change the specs to widen your, your access to materials. So I think, I think that's, a, that, that's a critical piece in this environment that needs to look at, and it changes what the CEO needs to be looking at, typically a level down from those steady state uh,
2: metrics. Okay, amazing insights there. Thank you so much, uh, Paul for that. So Mark, I'm actually going to come to you, uh, you know, in the interest of time, uh, because obviously even though we have short group, uh, we want to make sure that everybody has opportunity to talk. <laughs> so Mark, obviously Chris was talking about a lot of different things, uh, you know, from the metro perspective. And then we got into a little bit of. Uh, delivery and design scenarios, uh, some CEOs like Chris, I mean, they still like to do database fixes. I would love to do that as well. But I don't know, you know, where CEOs should be drawing the boundary in terms of what KPIs and where they should get into and where they should delegate. So Mark, over to you, uh, top KPIs for CEOs.
0: Yeah. So so while, while Chris like laid out a whole plethora of wonderful KPIs um, that are all important, Actually, um, I think Paul summarized, you know, my view quite quite well. And that yeah. is, you know, as you know, I deal with manufacturing companies, and most manufacturers in North America today are high mix, some level of custom, right? So there is, it is a a dynamic environment. It's a dynamic, unpredictable, highly variable type of environment, right? So, and I think those were those are some of the words Paul was using. I was writing them down. Dynamic, you know, hundreds of projects going on probably thousands of work orders supporting those projects R&D you got the front end of R&D before it can even get to production it's got to get through R&D who's managing R&D so it gets in production in time for it to actually produce and get on time never mind all the material issues through the supply chain so it's hugely challenging the the biggest the KPI that we focus on and and again Paul Paul said it we are our, our the clients who come to us are the ones who are at 40 50 60% on time leave, right because they're they're just struggling and the big and the big struggle is is visibility you have know, you, got you've got all these things going you don't even realize how much work you have going on i mean just today um, folks are are trying to manage this with traditional methods such as traditional mrp traditional finite scheduling and it's it's just too those those approaches have, are just too static now you you create you run the scheduling program you come up with a plan you bring it out into production and what happens it's a very dynamic environment it changes customer calls changes the due date a material doesn't show up your best setup guy calls in sick so there's there's all sorts of things you have to look at so on time delivery is is the is my by far my top KPI now affecting it and improving it is is another another thing altogether and there's supporting KPIs. That can help drive to that. Ultimately, per Chris, you improve your on-time delivery. You're going to satisfy your customers more. Your, your lead times are likely to reduce, and whatever you're doing to improve that on-time delivery, right? So lead time is another KPI. Usually, in terms of on-time delivery improvement, there's a there's a whip reduction, whether it's a lean initiative or, or something to that effect, or applying Little's Law. In the release of material and these sorts of things, and ultimately it comes down to throughput, right, and cash, cash flow. So, how much with the resources that I have today—my machines, my people—as precious as they are, because it's so hard to find find people and good ones, especially, right—to to be working in production for you. How do I utilize those resources to to maximize what I can get out the door and maximize that that cash flow? Through, through Europe.
2: So very interesting insights there. And obviously, I think you know size is probably going to be a most important factor in general, uh, which KPIs the CEOs are going to care for. If you are talking about $5, 10 $15, 20000000 million company, then obviously the CEOs are probably going to worry about a lot of operational KPIs. But let's say if you're a billion-dollar company, then you are playing at a different level. I don't know how many CEOs are going to be worried about the on-time delivery. Um, so obviously, that's also a factor. So overall, I mean, you know, the whole idea of KPIs for CEOs when we are thinking of the series is, let's say if you had to pick a couple, you know, sometimes you are probably going to be in the weeds and you lose the focus because you are not, you don't have that strategic focus that CEOs should be focusing, focusing on because that's their job. Again, when you are a $5 million shop, you are still probably wearing a lot of different hats. So you probably don't need to worry about these. So, Mark, I mean, any counter, any anything, any agreement, disagreement?
0: I, I, I understand what you're saying about size, um, Sam. But but frankly, if you're a manufacturing company of any size, yeah, yeah, pr- production is the heart of the yeah. company. Yeah. And the stronger and faster and better you can make that heart, pump its lifeblood, pump material through production, the more money you're going to make, the more that cash is going to and cash flow is going to be affected.
2: Could not agree more. Thank you so much, Mark. So, Mike, I'm coming over to you. And Mike, obviously, you have been the manufacturing CEO, and I'm pretty sure you sort of debated yourself, you know, how much do you want to go get into weeds versus you want to delegate it to somebody. So if I have operational problem, do do I call my guy? So depending upon, you know, how many KPIs can you track in a day because you want to have your life as well.
4: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Um, So so it's been mentioned here a couple of times, you know, size always does matter on some way. But I'm looking at the people that I interact and a lot of times to me, the CEO needs to watch strategies, develop strategies. So you have to have like a growth strategy, on time delivery strategy. Does he need to know what I ship today or tomorrow? I I don't know. But he has to have a strategy in place to meet that 90% on time delivery, to meet that whatever that goal is. So to me it's always talk about what strategies do you have out there. I think Paul mentioned R and D that was their goal to be the first to the market, right? Well what how do you measure that on, on on how do you look at it on on when? Now if you develop a product that doesn't happen overnight. So do I need to look at that Uh, KPI every day, but I have to have something in place to say every 60 days, 30 days, 90 days, I got to circle back and see, update that KPI. And then I think that's where the CEO gets involved. One of mine that when I was literally boots on the ground in manufacturing involved in all of this, um, I think Chris hit that in in, in many of he said I used something that's called OE overall equipment effectiveness yes. and that's one of the things is yeah my machine is running but first of all is it running when it needs to run does it make the product that it needs to make does it make the quality that it needs to make does it make it on and that's all com- encompassed in OE overall equipment effectiveness so to me that was obvious one to say that pinpoints me at the high level at where is my problem coming out? Because if it's quality, yes, I made 100 widgets, but I, throw, I didn't make my on-time delivery because I had to throw 20 widgets away because I made, excuse my language, crap, right? So now that's going to hit me financially. It's going to hit me on my on-time delivery. So that was one of, for, for me, always one of the most because it includes so many of the other ones. It rolls it all up in that big picture saying, hey, okay. Drilling down, yes, we have an on-time delivery issue, but in all reality, we made the product. We just didn't get it to the customer. So was it a trucking company? Was it my inventory management? Oh, oh, wait, we made bad widgets. Right. And that gives you then the feedback on then you as a CEO, depending on the structure. You can have to assign a strategy to it or a person on saying, okay, how do we fix? Yes, we made a hundred parts, but twenty five of them were bad. How do we fix the root cause? And then you measure that to back. And I wanna just piggyback something on we talked about cash flow and revenue. I could tell you a story walk in a company, a guy tells me he has twenty seven million dollars in sale. And I said, That's great. For the size of the company. Yeah. What's your profitability? Well, you know, really? 3%. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you going to be around, right? I mean, so his problem wasn't sales on getting cash in. His problem, he wasn't making money on what he was selling. And we all know if you give stuff away sooner or later, you run out, right? So I don't know if that answers you some of the questions you had Sam and if not I can elaborate on it but I want to give it back to you
2: Yeah yeah no it does to be honest okay and I'm I'm going to build up a little bit on that and maybe you can offer some more commentary there um, so one of the problems that I personally face and I see other CEOs facing as well, I mean, when you talk about strategy, strategy is great, right? But you also have so many different versions of a strategy. Uh, everybody sort of has the idea, obviously, what counts as the good uh, the strategy that can be executed. And one of the challenges that I personally, people and the CEOs facing, they struggle to quantify, Okay. And Quantify is going to be how can you create KPIs that are going to be measurable that they can measure over the period of time and really hold the people accountable who created the strategy. Okay, So how do you uh, you know translate a strategy into KPIs uh, from your experience, Mike?
4: Well, what, one of the things is in, in the manufacturing in this list of ones that I was in, we have something that's called benchmarking. So we're looking at and I don't want to use companies here, but we're looking at the leaders of the industry, right? Um, can I ne- ma- mention a name or not? Yeah, go ahead, go. Ahead. So, 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 so let's look at Pretty let's, look at, right? let's, let's <laughs> look at Coca-Cola, right? Everybody knows Coca-Cola. So I'm in the in the in the beverage. Industry. So I benchmark myself if I'm in the same room, right? I benchmark myself against Coca-Cola, and then I look at this. Where am I not meeting? Or exceeding their 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 standard, and that's where my strategy is coming out. So let's say they're on time. Let's Coca-Cola truck is at the distributor every time on time. The Coca-Cola truck is at the grocery store. And so how do they get this done? And then you have to develop the strategy, to measure that, and say, for example, we just don't have enough output to fill that truck to make it. It's not the driving. It's and then your strategy should be on. How do I create the liquid to put it in my can to get it into the truck? Because the truck wasn't. So I would say if you struggle with something, benchmark yourself. And a lot of companies, there is government organizations that can give you data. Industry organizations can give you data and say, okay, I'm in the cheese making industry. Go to the cheese making industry associations. What is, what is their turnaround time? What's their inventory and they can give you some of those benchmarks and then you measure yourself against that. Because, man, I go back to what I said with profitability. This guy tells me when he makes $27 million in sales. That that's pretty good money, but 3% profit. So, find out where, why are you not making? 18 uh, percent uh, ebit right why are you not running an ap that that's i feel always comfortable if i have a double digit in the in the 20s an ebit right earning before income and taxes i feel comfortable why why are you not getting there what is it well because we are spending so much on this and well it's how can i reduce that cost and then you measure that specific strategy okay i sent my purchasing people out to target Low-cost suppliers. I'm just making this up as a, as a thing right now. And then you have to deal with this. and Put those KPIs. Man, I wasn't running my, my own business. Um, my boss put that KPI on me and says, it's your responsibility to hit 97% to goal or whatever that, that goal. And then put me on a, every Wednesday in the meeting and says, well, you're at 85%. What do you do to gain that extra 13%? What, what do you do? How do you do this? And then guess what? I go down to my people and says, well, we said we're going to do this. Why did it not work?
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. And before I come to Paul, I'm going to give uh, a quick shout out to our uh, audience whoever joined and, and commented. And by the way, guys, if you are in the audience, make sure you guys comment something so that I can provide the visibility. Follow Sneha, Sneha Kumari. It's S-M-E-H-A-K-U-M-A-R-I. Amazing on supply chain. Uh, you know, one of the best people to follow on LinkedIn. And we have Scott. And Scott is uh, in supply chain as well. So follow him. Amazing guy. He drops in all the time. Scott, S-C-O-T-T-A-B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U is the last name. Uh, I hope you can find him. On that note, I am going to move to Paul for um, uh, commentary from your side. I know, Paul, you have already probably answered the top KPIs. I don't know if you have some more top ones you can talk about that. Or I am going to raise a controversial comment here uh maybe you guys are going to have some insights there on that so i think mike was talking about the oee from the manufacturing perspective chris i believe spoke about utilization and i don't even know if this comment is going to be controversial or not okay uh but when i look at these two kpis i'm thinking that they both are probably utilization of these if you really think about from the macro perspective Uh, and so in one case you are looking at machines which are very expensive and the second one Labor, especially when you talk about software engineers, very expensive, okay? <laughs> so, in both cases, I think they are very similar KPI. I don't know if you guys agree, uh, don't agree, so Paul, over to you. Well, I'm,
5: uh, I'll give you another view on, on, a, on a couple things. So, <laughs> OEE o- e is a composite method. okay and if you really, you, you could have four different machines all operating at the same OEE e, and have completely different reasons for that occurring at each machine, so OEE by itself, it, it's a very high level. But if you really want to get into, it, really want to know what's what's actually happening, you, you need to decompose that and understand what those different factors are. Uh, resting on resting on OEE, it it, it it has a certain measure of usefulness. But if you really want to f- figure out why, you always need to dive in there and uh so i mean as as utilization there's there's a lot of factors that that go into that the edm machine that didn't have a spare reel of wire there okay it's not running why is it not running okay well the next the next machine they deferred the maintenance on so it actually broke down and the third one the operator got sick and there was no operator to. these are entirely different entirely different things just to give some added dimension to that that kind of metric,
3: and uh, the worker got COVID, so there there we got throw COVID in there. So there we your... go.
5: Well, yeah, COVID does everything. And then and and, uh, and I've also found that uh, uh, best practices uh, you need to you need to add a little question to that, uh, which is for who or for whom, uh, because really you may not have the same situation as the situation that you're that you're benchmarking and uh, we've we found it helpful to uh, take that a step further and think about next practice what do given where we are what would we here do next as our to make that a part of our way of doing business so uh, yes company size matters and uh, this, this is a way to differentiate things that one size company can do, and it's a best practice for them for them another company next practice for them is a is an entirely different uh, thing or or some variation on that theme uh that that the uh the larger company might not even consider but maybe as a smaller company, you need to be partnering partnering with three other companies to do something entirely different at one scale at the next scale there's a different set of next practice
2: amazing thank you so much uh paul for that so chris i'm actually coming to, uh, over to you and uh opening up the next uh segment um so obviously you can touch on any sort of comments over comments as well as if you have any stories um you know those are my favorites or we are talking about really worse kpis that you have seen in your experience uh people tracking those and sometimes they could be actually funny to me and i'm going to tear up with one of the kpis that i have, and i'm like <laughs> why would he track this? Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. So this is a manufacturing company, smart CEO, super brilliant, uh, you know, top guy. And um, typically when you are tracking manufacturing business, Mark was right. Paul was right that you are looking at on-time delivery. You are looking at, you know, uh, maybe order to cash KPIs or whatever you want to define, but you never sort of track the time, how much time employees are Um, you know, taking, yes, you are going to clock in on the job and that's how you sort of uh, track the cost, but you don't micromanage, you know, how much time you are literally taking and you are not going to over-engineer your entire algorithm just to track the time, how efficient employees are. That's probably not very good for the employee morale. In the legacy days, I guess, I mean, we have seen this, but as a CEO, you want to create the overarching KPIs uh, and you want to give them freedom uh, rather than coming across as Micromanaging. So that's what I have seen from my experience, especially in the manufacturing industries. I've not seen that anywhere else, but in this particular case, they had done it just because they didn't understand how to implement um, ERP, how to sort of create those KPI funnels. So, Chris, over to you. Any KPIs that you have seen? Yeah. You
3: know, yeah. And, I, and I'm going to go back. I didn't overload you on the front end, but, but honestly, in our world, we live in lots of KPIs. And, and typically, which one are you focusing on? The one that turned red? or that's yellow and and going to head red. And so I've got customers that there, there could be 40, 40 different metrics. And you're like, Oh, which one's important? Well, like I said, it's the one that's trending wrong, yellow and red, the green ones. And, and I think that the comment about benchmarks, it's a feedback, yeah. group, right? we got a box. Everything comes out sampled. We tune, we tune benchmarks. We take last year's performance. We look at how we did. We set a goal. Let's, let's, Make that better. And then we measure. Okay, so that's it. We're measuring. And so as you think about variance, and, and again, I can go down the rabbit hole on the metrics in the operational principle in manufacturing. Hey, I want to look at standard labor variances. Micro, macro. Oh, I'm looking at the PL. Shop wages don't equal shop, oh, shop applied to manufacturing. Oh, I can't tell which work order is a problem macro micro so we still have to have the data but again the large dashboards that have a lot of different kpis and they're and again they're by group the inventory related turnover inventory values defects i mean on production i mean you have lots of different classifications but again what are we focused on the ones that deviate from goal or from the benchmark by some percentage and it's real time right and those are the ones that get attention and if you're the ceo i don't want to look at three i want to look at them why because most of them i'm not paying attention to but hey this one's this one's got a problem it's trending drill down and so the other thing i'll comment on is actionable KPIs. I live in a wonderful world with Microsoft Dynamics F&O where we can take a business intelligence Power BI dashboard, click and drill right through and go right into the transactional activities to remediate change or make a change, as opposed to looking at a report. I got to go over here and do something now. These are connected connected actions. So if you don't live in a world with actionable BI, that's an evolution that started showing up. It's it's out there in play, but that means you can go right, drill down, drill down. Okay, now I see the problem. Wow, now I'm into the manufacturing order. I can see what's going on. Oh, What's going on here? Oh, I got a problem of variance on an operation, right? These are the ones that will let us take action. So again, some of the some of the usefulness of BI is just that. It has to be actionable. People get buried in paper. They don't know what to do. What decision do I make? Okay, so as these, B, these KPIs help lead you to the action, I'm sure Mark has seen some examples too and Paul and so forth, but but that's the big one. It's the variance, it's the goal setting, and you're measuring performance of these metrics against goal and you're revising them, right? How did we do last year? Well, I'm, I'm raising some of my performance criteria and great. Now we reset, we're performing, we're measuring. But I, I think that, you know, even as a CEO, is he going to want to look at all the KPIs? I'd want to see them all. Why not? They're all important. I think that's the thing is you're like, okay, which one's the most important? Which one do I look at every day? But it's macro, click, micro, click, micro, micro. And I think those are the worlds that we need to evolve to. But uh, but the actionable thing is a big deal and the other and triggers. So then we go back to autonomous behavior that sits behind KPIs. Wow. I don't have to call anybody. I don't even have to look at it. And guess what? System took action. So now that we've got artificial intelligence living behind business intelligence, we can drive behaviors. And so, again, we're, we're kind of getting onto that realm of, well, how do we really use KPIs to run the business? Well, people are part of it. Don't get me wrong. But to get automation and to get actionable, whether it's a person taking the action or whether there's an autonomous function in there, that triggers a behavior, triggers a change, triggers a notification. Again, now we're taking people and stepping them back, and we're letting the system really take these metrics versus goals, looking at variance, what's the tolerance, that tolerance was tripped. I got a 911 alert. I'm going to get an email. And that's where we really start letting KPIs help us run the business, as opposed to somebody had to show up, look at it, make a decision. That's that's old school. I'm sorry, but we're getting a little more. But again, those are things I'd like to share with the audience, because as you're looking at and again, it doesn't matter what ERP system you have. You want to come layer Power BI anywhere, you can do that. You can add code and actions behind Power BI. You just have to have the right technical professionals who know how to do that. But you can do that almost in any system where what's the most important and what's the one where you can't rely on a human to make a timely decision that could really impact the business. And there's slow-moving KPIs, right? Oh, okay, that one, inventory value is too high. We're not going to fix it overnight that's going to be a concerted strategy is how do you bring down inventory value if you've overstocked and you're trying to watch cash but that's a longer term metric right there's short term metrics long term metrics shipping performance is one of those things that hey we're watching it how do we remediate it and then but recovery isn't going to be and again then within how we address shipping performance we may have sub metrics we're watching that are really determine how do we impact shipping performance? First was like, well, how quickly did we release the order? Well, did we have, what was the fill rate? Okay, what are all those things impacting shipping performance? Submetrics, So the concept of a metric and a submetric, because we got to click, we got to drill down. Paul said it. How do I really see what's causing this behavior? And it's not going to be one thing, but that's challenging for people. And, and what I would say is it's evolution. There's a lot of math. Um, Worst KPIs? The, the, the calculations are wrong. I, I'll just say that right now. I've had people that have constructed KPIs, and, and for whatever reason, they didn't prove out their math, and there was a circumstance that failed, and they looked at it, and made a decision, and we're going to go rebuild the KPI. But that's, I think, that what you're hearing is validation. So once you build these things, test them. Make sure that the, the, the math holds true under all circumstances so you can trust them, because your confidence of looking at the KPI said, it's red. I got to believe there's a problem. OK, I got to believe that. But you got to be able to click, get to that next level and really be able to investigate at in a very micro. But again, I'm not going to list all the because there's hundreds. There's hundreds that are important. And again, which one do I look at? Eh, I want to see it yellow, actually, before it goes red.
2: Love it. Click, click, click. Thank you so much, uh, Chris, for that. So, Mark, coming over to you, uh, any comments over comments, any stories and the terrible or funny KPI.
0: <laughs> so um, a, a couple things. One is um, I, y- you you typically improve what you measure. Right, companies find that, especially especially in the manufacturing. So that that can be good and bad, right? When you put the KPIs out there, hey, these are the important metrics. So so folks understand that, and they'll they'll tend to tend to drive towards that really well. On the flip side, and I think you were touching on the Sam, around efficiency is if if you're not sure of your num, you know, like like your cycle times, for example, or especially um you know human related tasks like assembly or things like that right you you go out well we, we need to know what our assemb- what our t- our tack time or our, our cycle times are set, so, right you go out and measure it and people know they're being watched, and they're they're going pretty fast. When when the when the cameras off or the 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 person with the stopwatch is gone, right? Then then things are a little bit different, right? So so reality can be very different from the metrics from that steam. Switch topic a little bit on on utilization, and um, you you said you wanted to be controversial. This is this may be very controversial, but that that is measuring utilization, right? Especially in manufacturing companies. I want to be clear because you know there there's different types of them, but in a manufacturing company, we we see this, right? You you walk around, you you take a, a factory a, a tour, and you see in different departments the graph with the with the utilization. You can see that utilization is being is a is a KPI, and it's being it's being driven, right? The thing with driving utilization is, and honestly, I just I just learned this, you know, a, a few years ago, is that there is a direct, inverse, exponential correlation. Between utilization and cue. the higher your utilization, the longer your queue times are going to be in any department. What does that mean? Your lead times are going to get longer. The, the, the better your utilization is across departments, the longer your lead time through production. So so there's a balance point. And really the balance point or the, the, the sin we often see. Mike touched on it a bit. You know, what, like, you know, twenty percent of what you produced is is not worth using, right? But the other, the other sin you, you do is what my dad used to call wow years," right? Well, while you have an order that you can ship for hundred this month, just build five hundred more, right? We'll save the setup. You got You're going to be efficiency. Your utilization will be up, right? And and that's that's the so so there's a balance point between what you want and, and really what it comes down to. And now you know, a la a la Ellie Goldrat and the goal is if you can find out where your bottleneck is today and where you're even where your bottleneck will be in the future and then maximize utilization in the bottleneck that's where you want to be and the utilization in the in the in the in the work center supporting the bottleneck it really doesn't matter in 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 the in the overall sense of maximizing
2: yeah so amazing insight so i'm definitely going to have a little follow up there for uh you mark uh for the audience so that they can follow along so you might want to unpack a little bit there. So when you are saying when you increase the utilization time, the lead time increases. So do you have
0: any more colors there? Um, any any what? I'm sorry. Just uh,
2: clarification in terms of how does that work so that audience sure. can follow along? Yeah.
0: Sure. So um, uh, by by utilization, I mean you know how how much um. Not sure how to how to clarify. In, as if well. anybody
2: else I, can help, I mean, to, so if I, so I learned
0: that. it. I, I learned it in in okay. um in in a book called Factory Physics, quite honestly, where yep. it lays out kind of the mathematical explanations. But essentially, the the more so, what what happens is if you're driving utilization in certain departments, even if you don't have material, like if previous operations and jobs aren't done, folks will go find material to to get things going. So the more and more material that's in wip the longer your lead times are going to be the, the slower it's going to be to get anything through wip similarly on the reverse side the less wip you have the faster things are going to be able to flow through wip so your lead times reduce and that's that's really what it's so as you, that utilization goes up you're you're always trying to trying to keep things as busy as possible so your queue times get longer and longer you might you you might
5: think of that as if this machine is always busy, we're never going to find a time slot where we can put something new in there. So we're going to wait. And then the next one comes, and we're busy again, so we're still going to wait. And those, all of those waits add up to increased queue time. I mean, that's a that's a very simplistic view of that. But that's, that's the dynamic. If you, I mean, essentially, if, if you look at production as a, as a funnel, the, the further you get into production... The more capacity you want available to handle all of the variations, and if you essentially restrict that capacity because you're tr- you've got these machines already running flat out, you you lose that capability and flexibility, and things start to wait around in material pile and you get that uh, and, and you and you get that effect. I, I, I also my, I also like the factory physics. That's a uh, that's a good thing. I, and well, one of the one of the things that I saw was so here's a here's a metric that says we're going to track first run quality. Very noble. sounds sounds great. So what they found was okay. They get again, especially chemical. They run in. They 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 manufacture the product. It goes into quality to test it, and it comes back rejected. Didn't meet the didn't meet the spec. And they do some modification, and and they come send it back into quality. And it gets rejected. Okay, fine. And when you looked at it, you you'd you'd look at that uh, you'd look at what's happening there, and it, it seems like the the operator, engineering, or there's something wrong in that side of it that's that's not producing material to spec. When you looked underneath that, the guy who was the head of quality would reject anything that wasn't at the center of the spec distribution. So 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 he's he is he by himself is gating the production of the whole facility by this test standard. And I, I, I didn't at that point I didn't need to ask because I knew what the answer was. I said, do you, do you know what your uh, what the capability of your test is? I mean are you can you discriminate within that uh, within that spec range? Can you discriminate where you you are? Or is your uh, process capability for your test outside the range of the spec? No no answer. Seemed like perfectly logical metric, perfectly logical KPI. Absolutely meaningless until you did the KPI in your test procedure and then accept the fact that you can accept things knowing where your test is at know within the spec range not necessarily just at the center so it it wasn't an obvious bad kpi good good kpi all the process below it didn't match
2: what they were actually amazing thank you so much paul uh chris you had a comment as well in between
3: uh, yeah, I think that is, yeah. is Mark's utilization comment. You're right. You, you, know, you heard the, the metrics I threw out there. We talked about utilization backlog, and I made the customer service comment because you're right. We don't strive for 100% utilization in our services team. So in manufacturing, you might say, oh, we want 100% utilization, but there's no flexibility in schedule is yeah. the problem, right, Mark? And so you have yeah. no capacity yeah. to pivot, rework. <laughs> but in the services world, we don't want to be at 100% capacity also because if new opportunities show up, you can't respond and so it, it is a it is a delicate balance is to do you max out and then you you delay somebody else if something shows up you know right you get somebody gets preempted versus you've got a little bit of capacity so you can you've got that flexibility but i think those are important ones for different industries to figure out what, what's the right thing because even to that point is i can't i can't be i'll lose my delivery schedule right now we're way out here because we talk about backlog well what do we do we add more capacity right mark up oh, right we need a second shift we got it. and there's a measure, right? Oh, when do I add more capacity? Well, when that backlog and this, and you're right, it's right, and that's yeah. it. We need more capacity. So, mm-hmm. a, a variety of metrics that'll lead you to that decision, though, right?
1: Hey.
2: Love it. And I don't know if uh, Chris we lost. Yeah, so, okay, so it, we lost for everybody. Okay, over to you, Mike. Uh, you know, I know we are short on time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, you know. We've got, got a <laughs> I'm good. Chris, okay. Chrissy, you're back. Okay. I'm actually going to go to Mike now. Um, so Mike, comments over comments, any stories, and any sort of terrible or funny KPIs in your experience?
4: Well, I think, I don't know if it's a funny KPI, but we had a CEO that wanted to measure or measure, had us measure the fuel consumption of our trucks. You know, we were a manufacturing company. We also did. And he was so fast, you know, fuel prices is a big expense. And he measured on, just like Paul said, we finally drilled down why this is. Well, all the trucks that were going fully loaded west were driving into the wind, right? right? So they needed more fuel than the trucks going east and then coming empty back west. mine it's a normal physics, right? Yeah. You have a 80,000-pound truck going into 25-mile-an-hour headwind, same, same model, right? And he was actually so fascinated with this, that the drivers, and we put monitors in it on, like, you know, the trucks were maintained and everything to the same standard Till somebody actually said, where do those trucks go, right? When this CEO spent literally days and weeks and had people chasing. And again, the, 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 his driver was the fuel cost, right? Because, you know, we need to make that up. On the other one, and that's really uh, one that I never understood. We had a person measuring attendance. Too, and I'm like, what does that tell you when people go to meet? My question would be, what comes out of the meeting? How productive is the meeting? But no, hey, I showed up to every meeting this year, right? So I get 500 meetings. I get the gold star. I never said a word. I never did anything. I never contributed to the team, to anything. But I have the gold star because my attendance was perfect, Right. I even signed up for my, this was the joke, I even signed up for meetings I, I'm not even required, right? Just so I get the gold star. I'm like, Why would it attract something non-tangible like attendance to the meeting versus productivity or things accomplished in the meeting, outcomes of the meeting? So I think that's the two that I always shook my head at and said, really? You have nothing to do so you can watch meeting attendance as a, as a KPI.
2: Love it. Thank you so much, Mike, for that. Uh, I know we have three minutes right now. We can probably take one more comment from you all.
3: Uh, Chris, you have a comment? Well, I was just say, you know, there is a really cool KPI that we build for a client. And these guys uh, have about a million square feet of warehouse, and they pick and pack ships, and they during COVID went direct to consumers. So they're doing tens of thousands of picks a day. And so the analytics, we built them as a dashboard that looks at picker performance. And it's pretty slick. So, you know, I mean, if you're picking thousands of pairs of shoes, you better be good. But that's a graphical view of the workers out in the shop, out in the warehouse, and charts behavior. So pretty cool. Everybody's like, really? Picking performance down to the worker. And again, in warehouse applications, that may be something. An example was a custom dashboard for this customer to really monitor Who's their champions out there in the warehouse and where are the bottlenecks, et cetera, et cetera. So another great example of just being creative as to is that an important part of his business? Yeah, he's looking at velocity of how quick are they picking those hundreds of thousands of pairs of shoes per day. But I don't agree to
2: Very interesting. So I guess, you know, I'm probably going to have one quick comment there, Chris, on that comment. So, uh, you know, typically, if you look at the warehouse systems, they are probably going to have pick per hour. I guess that's the key. And I don't know if I'm correct here or not, but I mean, that's so was it similar or different?
3: Uh, It's just graphical representation. There wasn't, there wasn't this particular exhibit or this dashboard out of the box in our solution. So again, remember, remember, Dynamics incorporated a warehouse management system in there. I'm sure they've got analytics on picker profits, but this was a special, it was a custom dashboard. And that's it. And I think that as owners, if people listen to this, is you don't have to deal with just out of the box. Again, noodle it on Excel and say, okay, can we build this if the data points are available? Yep. But part of that is that evolution of thought as to how do you measure? And it's not going to be the same in six months. It's not going to be the same in other six. But that's a perfect example. This guy needed a custom sure. view to manage his people differently than it showed up out of the box. That's it. And, and I constructed
5: I'd- I would add one one uh expansion of that thought in, in and we've seen this in warehouse operation. It, the the picker performance was as one aspect. The put away performance was a whole different aspect that if you if you really look you really needed to look at the whole thing because the put away performance was dismal. <laughs> and then the uh the pickers who got to pick from the good locations looked like stars. And if they hit the bad location where the material was scattered all over the place in the location, uh, gave you another view. Again, it's what are you what are you looking at? How deep do you need to go to really understand striving?
2: OK, amazing. Thank you so much, Paul. So we are really close to our time now and uh, we are probably going to be short on closing advice. So I'm just going to pick one person for the closing advice. Uh, Mark, can I have you do the closing advice if you don't mind?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, If you're, uh, you know, take a take a look at I I think everybody would agree, you know, take a take a hard look at um, what KPIs you're using today um, that you have uh, supportive, supporting objective information underneath that, whether it's, you know, picking people, you know, people type metrics, machine type metrics, overall financial cash flow metrics. And make sure you have the underlying information that's going to support those in an, in an objective way. For you.
2: All right. Amazing. Great advice. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, joining today. So that's it uh, for the show. If you join for the first time, this was part of our digital transformation series for which we meet every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be in next week. We are going to come back with another API topic. On that note, thanks, everyone, for joining in tonight. Take care, buddy. Good, Goodbye see you everybody. Everybody,
3: everybody. Well, good
2: night. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Chris Gherardini, head over to turnkeytech.com. It's T-U-R-N-K-E-Y-T-E-C.com. If you want to learn more about Mark Lilly, head over to lillyworks.com. It's L-I-L-L-Y-W-O-R-K-S.com. If you want to learn more about Mike Slodgenhofer, head over to equity.com. It's A-C-U-I-T-Y.com. If you want to learn more about Paul Vigel, head over to 4ABetterbusiness.com. It's 4-letter-A-B-E-T-T-E-R-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast Resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Narav Shah, who shares his insights into the process challenges of make-to-order manufacturers. Also, the interview with Megan Gamble, who shares her insights into building the systems for the packaging industry. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels i'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help thank you and i hope to catch you on the next episode of the wbs podcast thank
1: you for listening to another episode of the wbs podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode